But if this is the first segment I'm posting today, welcome to the podcast. If not, then then you know it's not. Um, so anyways, let's go. I am basically driving around town here. I can get out this other way. I'm. Oh my goodness. I'm driving in an area that I don't know. Around by the beach. By another beach, actually. It's not quite where I'm used to driving. So. Figuring this guy out. Um, uh, I get so annoyed. Like, <laughs> LA is like so hard for me, guys. Like, I I grew out I grew up out here. I learned to drive out here. It's not like I'm unfamiliar. It's just so much. Like, every time I want to go do something, it's like so much. Like take so much energy so yeah I was I was in the middle of trying to complete a gig for today and uh, I guess there was some kind of weird certification I needed to do first and so because of that I can't do it and I drove all the way here first so now I'm gonna go drive to my pod spot um but yeah, this is just my daily update. I'm, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I was up a little late, actually. My family members were up a little late. I did take some melatonin last night around 11, which was kind of late, or maybe 10.30. I don't know if it was 10.30 or 11, but, uh, nonetheless, I took some melatonin, and, uh, I've been a little bit trying not to have melatonin, um, not that I'm, like, that against it, it's just, I've just been trying not to have it, um, because it does kind of screw my cycles of, uh, sleep or wake, you know, like, it just makes me groggy in the mornings, and I have enough trouble in the morning as it is, um, I feel like because I'm groggy in the mornings, I'm a little bit grumpy, but maybe I just didn't sleep enough, but yeah, I woke up today kind of like, you know, ready to do what I had in my, in my, in in my plans, and then, uh, I guess I expected, you know, to be the only one up and just at least have time to myself, you know, that's, 
at the very least, that's kind of how I prefer to start my mornings, just kind of like, okay, like, like I've mentioned before, it's like usually I'm the first one awake in the house, usually earlier, um, like I was awake earlier, but I didn't start getting up till like 8.30 a.m., which is late for me, um, and last night, you know, I started kind of dozing, but I was kind of like, I don't know, like I was still trying to like push myself to stay awake even though I was like I need to go to bed so I can wake up early and get going um and I didn't really do what I was supposed to do on that end um you know I didn't uh I didn't sleep early because I well I may have dozed woke up around 1am for the restroom because I was kind of dozing around then so I would say I kind of started really solidly sleeping around 1 a.m., but I was kind of dozing for from probably like 11.45 till about then, just kind of in and out dozing, because I don't know, I was kind of pushing to like not sleep at the same time as like sleeping, like I don't know, I do that sometimes, and I had a little bit of a rough night, it wasn't like super smooth, because I was pretty exhausted, like I don't know what happened yesterday, like my energy yesterday was like real weird, um... I had my regular coffee in the morning and then I was podcasting and stuff but you know it was you know I've been kind of maybe off of a a regular plan for a while now um like a couple days you know so it kind of threw me yesterday I guess because I was like well it's Sunday let me like get some work done and then I didn't really I guess I didn't really do too well at that um but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying, but I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm, sometimes I just have to wait to get into a flow of things and for things to get smooth. And that's kind of the process I'm in right now where I'm just like, you know, things just need to get a little bit smooth, smoother. I need to just get into the swing of things. Uh, cause I haven't really had, you know, a solid schedule for like a few months now you know, but yesterday was, was pretty chill on Sunday, you know, I, you know, did some pods, watched a lot of Coachella online, um, oh man, I was, I was loving it, I was, it was kind of funny too, because a bunch of my friends were like, reaching out and kind of like, kind of put a smile on my face, they're like, are you at Coachella, how is it, and I'm like, I'm not even there, like, I'm watching it in my house, like, <laughs> but it's kind of funny that I think everybody thinks that I hey, go to, like, everything, because, like, it's just, that's a pricey one, guys, like, I'm like, that's steep, I'm about to go to the Sick New World Festival in May, I'm like, I already went to a rave at the beginning of April, I'm like, let me try once a month, I don't know if I can do more than that, but, yeah, I was... I was kind of like, ooh, I didn't really go, you know, I didn't, I really, I didn't really do it, even though I wanted to do it, I wanted to, I wanted to go, I would have loved to be there, but no, I had stuff, you know, I had other stuff to pay for, and like I mentioned before, you know, I was at the end of my budget, um, the end of my, uh, spending spree budget, you know, um, I had an, an amount, an amount of funds allotted that I was like, by the end of March, I'm going to spend this much money and, you know, whatever I haven't bought (laughs) by the end of March, you know, I'm kind of just not going to do it. And then other than like pride tickets and, um, stuff like that, like pride tickets, um, summer events and stuff, 
you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, not really, um, buying any other thing, uh, until snowboard season pretty much and so I'm like dang man like does the year really come full circle that quick but yeah come November I'll be back in the mountains and I should be working I don't want to say it I don't want to say that I should be working in May I don't want to say it guys I don't want to say it at all but that's I need to be working once May starts. I am I am done with this break. I'm so over it. Um, I've been testing out gigs just because I like it and just for fun. But I'm like, you know, I need to just take this stupid test and get a get the job. You know, like I'm really stalling. Uh, there's definitely more to it. Like, um, there's definitely more to it than just. Um, you know, oh, like, I needed a break, like, yeah, I needed a break for sure, but, um, I definitely, um, I'm just, you know, there, there's a, there's a whole process I have to go through right now, mentally and emotionally, you know, it's like a whole, like, I need to get myself out of my head about, about a lot of stuff, and, you know, it's going to be hard to do, you know, it's going to be a hard thing to do, but, you know, step, step by step, one step at a time, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to overwhelm myself with this, uh, like I mentioned, I have money set aside, I have options if I need to make extra money real quick, I just, it's just, it's a little hard, you know, like, Going from going from a lifestyle of uh, you know the typical traditional route, the traditional route that I was taught, you know, you know, go to go to school, get good grades, get a high degree, get a good job, settle in that company, and never move companies, and you'll be fine, you know, and you know, that was the game plan, (laughs) you know, that was the plan, that was the strategy, and, you know, um, it wasn't smooth, um, it didn't go, like, super smoothly for the whole entirety of this whole journey, um, not the, I'm not saying it didn't go smoothly for the whole entirety, I, I mean, there were hiccups along the way, um, for lack of a better word, really (laughs) devastating hiccups, um, that kind of, um, interfered with the game plan and, you know, the field I was in and not being licensed. I mean, I wasn't trying to get licensed. I actually wasn't trying to work in clinical in all honesty. Like my goal was to be, you know, get a doctor and go back into research, but that doesn't seem as lucrative as I thought it would have, because I have some friends doing that, and I feel like my friends that are doing the best in, you know, with with lining their pockets, you know, they're the ones doing clinical work, but it's just not for me anymore, like, it's too much, like, it's just way too much for me, I just, like, for my own health, I had to step out of it, like, it wasn't just the financial part of it, like, that I could have dealt with, you know, but it was, like, 
so many things combined where I was like, you know, there's a certain way that I need to live for my own health. And, you know, that was not it. You know, those housemates, that was not it. The other people, you know, that was not it. Like, um, you know, I made it work on the financial end because I was like, well, I'm saving, you know, which I was, you know, because at least I, I was able to hit my financial goals. So that was kind of, uh, what I had, um, on my positive side. I'm going to watch and see if these people are paying parking today. All right. We're just driving on in. All right. So let me get an ideal parking space. I'm just doing errands this morning. My phone, man, it's at like 27%, even though I charged it before I left the house. So I might not be able to do as much podcasting as I had planned. And, uh, I don't know. There's people driving in circles. Does that mean that there's no parking? I come park at the beach because it's the one place I can kind of be near home and also, you know, have my windows kind of opened, and, uh, kind of feel able to, you know, ooh, it's crowded, it's crowded today, guys, it's crowded today. that was kind of my whole thing Uh, but but yeah I um I just I found it pretty um just kind of a weird place to be in like I feel like I'm kind of in a weird place not like literally but figuratively speaking I'm kind of in a in a weird place um in life because I have opportunities and things that I can do and stuff that I can plan to kind of be able to reset you know stuff that's not working and I'm also, you know, dealing with a lot of, you know, like, change for me is pretty difficult. Like, I do find it a lot less anxiety-provoking to just sit and do the same thing all the time. Um, There is a small thing that I noticed that, you know, whenever I'm doing something new... um, you know, it's exciting, but at the same time, it takes so much brain power, you know, and, uh, I feel like, I mean, I do kind of notice that when it comes to work, especially, or anything, 
because I tend to choose like quite intellectual types of work like it's usually not like easy like it's not something you can just jump in and start doing because uh, I don't want something that's just like monotonous and like boring you know like I like to learn on the job but then at the same time it's like that is a little bit stressful for me um, when I'm not like smooth with it like I feel like the jobs I've had took me like almost a year to kind of learn how to do them and it was pretty intensive and there was so much to do and like now I know how to do it but when I think of it when I think back I'm like man this was like super intensive and um really hard to do and really hard to deal with and um you know I was able to uh do what I needed but to think about I mean I have to do it again like there's no other option like I'm not going back to where I was so I'm like definitely moving forward but just like doing it when I'm ready versus like pushing myself like I feel like if I don't push myself I'm not gonna be ready very easily or very soon like I have to kind of push you know um, and that's what I'm finding the struggle with is the push. Like, it's hard for me to to push, you know, past my comfort level because uh, I don't feel ready. Like, I don't feel ready to be in a new field, um, new coworkers, new people, new environment, new everything. I don't, I don't think, you know... Uh, I don't think I'm ready for that, but I would say on the, on the other end of like, you know, my financial goals, uh, my entertainment goals, my social goals, my pride to some extent, you know, like, like I'm not trying to be living with my folks or, you know, um, all that much longer I'm not trying to you know uh, I mean I love them you know and I love that they're supportive but also it's you know I noticed that I'm just not um I don't want to say I'm unhappy that's not true I'm just not happy with like there's some goals that I'm just not at right now and there's a part of me that's really struggling with that reality that I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, and it's all in my head, you know, I have to just shift my focus. That's really what it is, um, is, you know, it is me, you know, I'm the one that's sitting saying like, oh, this is going to be stressful when I mean I got this like I've never I've never had an employee an employer not one who knew me well I've never had an employer that knew me well say your work performance is poor your work performance is bad you know like with some things I would say maybe um yes yes I'm not maybe the fastest at the job or you know um I miss things you know like I read something and you know that's not what it was supposed to be or like I 
try to do something and it's like that's not that's not right you know like like I make mistakes um not like so many that it's like a problem but it's like I do notice you know when I'm trying to do certain tasks especially like new tasks at jobs like like I'm not as good at them as I'd like to be and you know it can be hard to accept you know the criticism on that end early on so that's something that I know I'm gonna have to face that you know I've done it before like it's you know I've done it before with really shitty people you know like I've had some really shitty you know supervisors and managers like not I'm not talking about the last job I was at or anything but like yeah over the years like I've definitely had some people in my life that they had some mental health issues that they needed to handle and they just weren't good at being in charge um they didn't have any patience you know they didn't have any understanding they just were bullies basically and thought that they could push their weight around um and that would get the job done you know and I've confronted those people you know I've confronted them in my own ways um about that you know like it it just the opportunities came to me to be able to confront them where because they asked me and I was like well if you're gonna ask me I'm gonna tell you you know but you know um I noticed that it wasn't uh it wasn't too uh it wasn't too much of anything you know like um you know, I got my foot in the door at a company where the work mattered and, you know, even though I would say, like, on the financial end, it wasn't prestigious, like, or anything like that, it was, in a way, like, a very valued uh, position, um, like, I liked talking about work with people a little bit, you know, like, when people were interested in what I would do and stuff, like, it was, you know, I wasn't, like, ashamed of it or anything, I was, like, kind of proud of the work I was doing, and, you know, there was a part of me that's, like, fuck the system, like, you know, <laughs> like, like, I was glad that, you know, we were kind of a part of something, you know, very important, you know, and it especially during the Rona, you know, it's like, damn, you know, like, we're essential workers and sticking it out, uh, that was valuable to me, but, I mean, it still is, the experience still is, um, you know, valuable to me that I had that experience, but, um, I'm also, like, a little... Um, I don't know. I don't know if tired is the right word. Um, like, for me, breaks... I've never had a break this long before, and breaks are, you know... It, it's... I'm definitely, you know, reflecting a lot and looking, you know, at myself and at different areas of things, and... You know, it's a 
definitely been, you know, eye-opening, you know, to kind of break things down and be like, okay, like, what's really happening, you know, and, um, to be able to get, like, a whole lot more clarity on things, uh, on what goes on in my mind, you know, because there's nobody at this point, like, I'm, I'm, you know, a little on the isolated end for, uh, for my own reasons, because uh, I want to be, but yeah, there's not that much, um, that any other person can do other than me, like, I'm the one who has to do the steps and make those choices every day and you know I'm not part of a a team I'm not part of you know a cohort I mean in a way I am but you know we don't know each other we're strangers on the internet online classes you know uh I have colleagues and you know people that I you know was working with um before either through school and whatnot where I know um, you know, a lot of us are in the same boat, like, I, you know, so I'm, like, you know, just trying to kind of focus, you know, um, that's one thing that, you know, when I'm pretty stressed out, it's hard for me to focus, and, you know, it's hard for me to kind of get a timeline going for my day, and, you know, when I start doing something that's, like, one step, you know, like, for example, say I have a day where I'm, like, you know, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna podcast, I'm gonna go to the beach, you know, I'm gonna go to the coffee shop and study, you know, but maybe before all that, you know, after the morning podcasting, I'm gonna go to the gym, uh, or after the morning podcasting, I'll go to the gym, uh, so I noticed that I'll, you know, do the podcasting, and, you know, that'll, I'll get that out of the way, you know, I'll do the gym and take a long time there, but it's like, I'll, use the majority of my energy and then I'm like all those good hours I could have spent studying you know I'm at the tail end of of the energy then and then I uh kind of just run out of steam and I'm like well you know I use like whatever energy I have on reserve at that point and I feel like that is not a good strategy at all you know but I really you know um um, because I like podcasting outside, it is more ideal for me to do it if I'm going to the beach to do it in the morning, like before it gets too hot, or if I'm doing it at home, potentially doing it before everybody wakes up, which is why I like, that's one motivator for me to get up early, because usually nobody's awake, so I can record, nobody hears me, and I feel comfortable doing it, I'm kind of more confident in myself, um, just doing my own thing and not worrying about other people. I'm going to put on some sunscreen. 
um, not worrying about other people, um, being involved, like, like, I would say my family's not, like, the nosiest of people, but to me, it's like, when I'm doing my own thing, you know, I don't really want people involved in the process, you know, like, I have this online store, for example, and, you know, I wasn't going to tell my mom about it, and then I ended up telling her, and, you know, she ended up being the first customer, and I was like, I don't know if the site's up, I don't know if it's ready, I'm still kind of, like, testing, and she just bought something, and then it kind of forced me to have to quickly figure out how to, like, use this, like, drop shipping. I think I was using Dropshipman or something like that, and, like, have to learn how to use this drop shipping program, and, uh, you know, I was like, I don't even know how to do this, you know, um, I was gonna take my time on it, but because I had a live order, I was like, well, now I have to follow through, and then, you know, the first round of that didn't go too smoothly, so I was a little bit, um, not pleased um with the with the process of it not not going too too fast but um you know um yeah like it didn't go too fast um uh I guess that's okay, you know, but I would have preferred it to go faster. Um, and it wasn't smooth at all, you know, uh, and so things like that where I'm just like, I don't like involving people because then they want to get involved or like, you know, like I'll tell my close friends, I have close friends who know about like the podcast and the websites and all this kind of other kind of nonsense, like they know about it, but you know, they don't like get involved in a way where it's like any pressure but I don't like any pressure and I feel like you know just something as simple as somebody like buying something on my store and it's somebody I know or something as simple as somebody giving feedback on something and then I'm like oh shoot you know um but I mean I can put in the work because then when it comes to those kind of things I put in so much effort and so, you know, um, like, definitely, you know, when I'm left to myself <laughs> to create strategies and follow through with different methods, um, that's probably a weakness is, you know, prioritizing the things that I need to do first, that I need to prioritize first, even if I don't want to. Like, right now, it's just taking the stupid test, like, that's what I need to prioritize and I'm just not doing it you know but it's not like I don't have the time like I spent like over a week doing job applications and I'm like I could have just studied and been applying to jobs that I actually want to be applying for and instead of just applying to other jobs you know because I was like well I got these financial goals I'm trying to reach so um it's just it's just a whole process you know and it's a mental process and that's what makes it hard and you know I like talking about it though because it's like I know I'm not the only one 
like you know this whole imposter syndrome thing and you know people that just think that they can't do it or not even think that they can't do it because I I don't think that I can't do it it's just you know in my head there's so many concerns of like am I am I ready am I mentally ready to be back working you know when I can't even hardly get it together on a normal day but then it's like I also feel like on the flip side the reason why I can't easily get it together is because I don't have that you know um accountability you know like I'm accountable to nobody right now you know and you know as as much as I'd like to just you know have things for myself working for myself doing my own gigs and stuff that's not really a strength of mine at the moment you know uh you know prioritizing schedules and you know just setting a schedule and sticking to it in the way that I need to like that's not really a strength of mine right now um I'm too all over the place I'm too unfocused and I don't I don't follow the best strategy um the optimal strategy for my energy for my focus like I know what that looks like and I just avoid it and so like that's kind of the reality that I have to deal with and I'm like it's me that's doing this or not doing this like it's me you know it's nobody else it's me who's kind of making the decision to do this or not do that or choose this over that and you know it's me it's nobody else like nobody else is making those decisions on my behalf I'm the one who's doing it I'm the one who's doing it or not doing it um I'm the one who's choosing some tasks over other tasks I'm the one who's putting more energy into one thing over another thing um and that's not how the workflow is supposed to go you know if I'm trying to meet some kind of goal on the career end you know I've got to take this test and get the job you know (laughs) because if I don't take the test and get the job then it's not gonna I'm not gonna get to this financial uh financial end that I'm trying to meet uh by September um I mean I'm I'm literally pushing my own deadlines like it's like I'm on track you know uh but, man, it's just so much, it's so much, um, but, yeah, like, I'm definitely, I definitely get in my head about it, you know, I definitely get in my head about it, and I definitely could do better on just, um, you know, I'm just simply, you know, um, just simply, like, following through, you know, with a strategy. Like, I'm not bad at this. I'm not bad at making plans and strategizing, you know. The follow-through is what's getting me. You know, and I know how my days need to be structured and how they need to look, and I'm avoiding it. And so, um, yeah, like that, 
uh, that's just my reality, you know, I don't know what more to really say about it, you know, I can't really say much more, like, you know, I'm the one who's doing this, I'm the one who's making these choices, I'm the one making these moves, um, it's me who's doing these things, uh, it's nobody else, it's me, you know, uh, it's me who's doing this, and so, I don't really know, like, there's not really much more that can be said, um, because, you know, I need to get it together myself, um, it's something I need to do, and so, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how I go about, you know, pretty much talking myself through things, um, Just trying to see what's going on big picture. Um, Like, it can take a while or even, you know, like, sometimes I feel like I really just don't have, like, like, like a mental access to even noticing what's going on. Like, I literally have to go somewhere and sit there and just, like, think it through. Um, You know. Like today, you know, it's like I can come to the beach, sit, think. Uh, it's pretty huge out there. It's like super huge. Um, um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Because even with this time of day, um, usually starting to mellow out closer to 11 or so but yeah it's nice to come out and look see what's going on the surfers are still out here it's a monday and they're out still so it's pretty cool to see um it's kind of funny too i often wonder what people do for work you know when it's like we're all out here at the beach on a monday you know (laughs) in the middle of the morning just like chilling you know And part of me is just like, you know, that, that's how life should be, you know, you shouldn't have to be on a beautiful day, you know, stuck inside your house or stuck inside a friggin' office, you know, you should be able to be out in nature, uh, I mean, and be a human, you know, not be a robot, you know. I think (laughs) we're getting closer and closer to just not uh, living by our human nature, you know? Like, I think it's important to be outside, it's important to get daylight, it's important to um, uh, to just kind of be able to take a step. Uh, back pretty much and kind of just see what's going on but yeah um, I do feel pretty much more mellowed out Uh, I'm gonna pretty much adjust my schedule for today to kind of prioritize some of the stuff that I need to be doing 
The good thing is, the city I live in, everything is relatively close. So even though I usually tell myself, like, uh, I'm just going to leave the house once a day, you know, I could technically still leave the house again later on. Um, you know, I don't have to leave now, you know, I mean, I don't have to, you know, wait or whatever. Like, I can, I can pretty much leave the house whenever I want to leave the house, so... Or I can go back to the house because everything's pretty close by and then leave again, uh, go back out again. Um, just mornings are going to be preferred because it's going to be getting hot lately. Like, you know, I think today's high is going to be 67, so that's kind of fine. Uh, but once it starts getting in the 70s and 80s, like it was this week, it was like close to 80 last week, I guess. Some days, like over the weekend. And then it's cooled off a little bit more so you know um but in some places it's still storming they're not i don't know about out here but i know my sister's in santa cruz and for her it was still a little stormy not that long ago i want to say last weekend not this past weekend but last weekend maybe um and my friends on the East Coast, you know, they're saying it's pretty stormy. So I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I need to be able to do the plan, stick to the plan. Um, I'm getting a little off course, you know, and doing other stuff, you know. Um, and it's me. It's me who's doing it. It's not like somebody else's making these decisions I'm the one who's doing this it's me who's making these decisions and so yeah like it's not it's not gonna work if I don't do it the way I need to do it that's basically all it is is getting out of my head and just focusing you know instead of you know getting unfocused like, I have noticed I got unfocused. Like, I felt like I was being super productive when I was, like, applying to jobs and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get temp work and, like, do all this stuff. And I did end up getting a job, but I'm like, once I thought it through, I'm like, dude, this is going to take so much energy out of my day. And I'm already doing stuff that's taking energy out of my day. And that amount of money and wear on my car isn't going to help where I'm trying to go anyways. Like, you know, I'm going to try and get a new car or even used but yeah not yet um like soon but you know I'm not ready to do it quite yet but um you know if I wear this one out you know if this car blows I'm screwed you know like uh this is not good timing you know it would really set things back for me and so, you know, to take a job where I'm going to be having to drive really far, drive really often in my own personal car, this old, my old car, that's not going to work for me. So, I don't know. I don't know if people are interested in this kind of stuff, but this is the way I kind of have to sit and talk myself through things is like, I have to sit and talk myself through it, you know, and just be like, look, <laughs> this is what's going on. You're off focus, you know, you've gone some other route that feels productive, it feels productive, but is not productive towards the plan. 
And that's one thing that I do struggle with is, you know, staying productive, but on the route that I'm trying to be productive on. I, I am good at finding other things to do and really, you know, delving into them hardcore. And then it's like, now another week has passed me by, you know, and I didn't even do one thing on, you know, I know once the system for my courses has logged me out, then that means I need to get back in. I, I'm not in there enough, you know, it's like, like if I have to keep logging in, then I'm like, oh shoot, like I've been off here for a few days, so I don't know, but so that's where I'm going with all this. Um, I'm just going to keep it basic. Uh, and try to just focus, you know, podcasting, websites. I got to do that kind of stuff for my own portfolio. And then from that point, um, like after my portfolio is kind of uh, secure or um, once it's... Uh, um, once I'm pretty much done, then I'll then be able to, um, uh, you know, feel a lot better about that, but, um, yeah, that's all it really is. Uh, it's not that I can't do what I'm trying to do. I mean, I think what I'm going into is going to be far easier, at least emotionally and mentally, than what I was doing before. Like, there's no way it's going to be that much of an emotional drain. Um, but, you know, you know, part of me also gets a little, like, you know, I've, I've never really made that much money, you know. Um, so even when I did in the past, you know, kind of screw around a little bit with my finances and like get a little off track, you know, it wasn't like a big deal because there weren't any big numbers. It was like, all right, just like do a couple driving gigs on the side and, or something like that. And that would be like the end of the problem. It's like, all right, just do some Uber Eats kind of stuff or whatever. And, you know, just pay back if it's debt or whatever, just pay it off real quick and suck it up and do it. But, you know, I do kind of worry about my self-control as far as spending, like, like, I'm not out of control with spending, but I, you know, I can get a little unfocused from my budget. Um, I get a little overly excitable, especially when it comes to, like, certain things like concerts and sports and stuff like that, and it's not cheap. You know, it's not cheap to go and have those live experiences. Like, it's not, like, affordable necessarily. So, I don't really know. But, yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But, alright, guys. So, that's going to be the end of this. I'll call them dailies. I don't know if I'm really going to post them every single day. But, I'm going to attempt, kind of make an attempt to do so, uh, I kind of might, you know, a little bit, a little bit, um, 
just because it, it helps me to have something as part of my routine like that. So, and I'm pretty far deep into podcasting, so I don't really want to, you know, pull back on it now, even though I'm definitely in a struggle to figure out these dang algorithms and such. Um, but, alright, so I'm going to get on it for for today, and then... Uh, with that, thanks for listening. Alright everybody, welcome back to the podcast, back to Tomboy Official. Whew. Just ate dinner. Had some stewed oxtail with some sautéed veggies. Mm-mm. Good stuff. A little spicy. Good times. Um, Alright, so today's topic. Let's jump in. I have been studying Scientology over this weekend and came across this podcast called Cults and Consciousness, Cults and Consciousness on YouTube. And there was a, um, uh, an LGBT person being interviewed who was previously a Scientologist. She's female, about 33 years old at the time of the recording, um, and the lady who runs this, this podcast, Cults and Consciousness, used to be in the Mormon religion, and there's a lot of content on her site about, on her channel about, um, Scientology, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, um, and then some other stuff too. Uh, but that's the bulk of it. It seems to be those three belief systems. Some of it's comparing and her kind of like asking questions and people kind of speaking to their experiences. So I thought this one was important, um, especially because, you know, Scientology is so accessible. Um, they don't look like any kind of religion I've ever seen. Um, they, they're basically, um, like they don't really have like a god that's one thing another thing is they you know they kind of you know it's enticing to people uh you know they're very sociable for people to come and like join and talk and start learning and It sounds like before people actually join, you know, they feel like they're learning. And so they're like, well, why wouldn't I join this? Because it's a lot of, like, self-help and, like, things like that. And then once you join, then it becomes, it sounds like it gets pretty wild. So, I don't know fully yet. Like, I'm not fully done studying yet enough to know the specifics of the LGBTQ plus, um, kind of, uh, 
details, but let me see if I can look it up. Uh, I'm just going to look up LGBT and Scientology, and then I'm going to go through my outline of what I kind of have prepared to talk about based on the interview with this lady, Danny. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's just look at Wikipedia, it's easier that way. Um, Scientology basically is based on writings of this guy, L. Ron Hubbard. So L. Ron Hubbard is a science fiction writer, and he basically wrote this whole script of what uh, the religion is, the Church of Scientology. He's the founder of it. Um, and regarding homosexuality, it seems like Scientology, you know, um, criticizes homosexuality, it promotes homophobia, um, they have claims about trying to clear, cure homosexuality, um, they call it the Dianetics Movement, and that's what she mentioned a lot in the video, but I never knew what it meant <clears throat> when she was saying it. <clears throat> So basically, Dianetics, um, is basically tests that were run, um, well, according to, like, some research that they claim to have done, um, but I guess homosexuality is considered an aberration and, you know, they also list other, um, things that would be considered aberrations that's like, basically like, I guess they don't really have sin, but I guess an aberration is technically like a negative thing that you're not supposed to be doing according to that belief system. Um, so they say other types of aberrations would be something like bipolar disorder, which is a mental health diagnosis, um, asthma, arthritis, colitis, um, and then they list in their overt homosexuality. Um, um yeah, <clears throat> so, I don't know, so, I'm not well versed in this topic, but I do think that there might be people out there that might be interested in it, or at least, you know, I know that there is a population of people who either were very religious, are currently religious, or were from, you know, a very religious background, but they're also LGBT people, or maybe they're allies, or maybe they're family members or friends of someone who's LGBT. And they've tuned into this content here on my podcast. And that's why, you know, it's those reasons why I like to kind of touch on religious topics sometimes is because they are very impacting on the LGBT community. And I think a lot of times it's easier to not talk about them because it can be triggering for people. And I want to put a trigger warning on this just because it might be triggering for some people, um some of the content, you know, 
I think when it comes to religion, there can be a lot of trauma for people sometimes, and if not trauma from that, just, just, you know, talking about mental health topics and, like, symptoms and things like that, that can be triggering for people, and talking about, you know, abusive nature of what happened in her story, that can be triggering too, so I think, you know, that being said, if that doesn't seem to be the direction of what you want to listen to I'm not going to go into like grim details or anything but I mean she didn't either but so I don't really have grim details to share but still uh I do want to put that out there that it might be it might be intense for some people still because the reason why I say that is because sometimes I myself notice myself even being triggered by certain content like a close friend of mine sent me a long time ago like we we just send videos back and forth links back and forth of like oh i find this interesting or like this is coming out like at a later date i want to check this out you know like either online or in person or whatever and so she sent me a link and it was a video this was probably like two years ago three years i don't know she sends me this link and it was a video trailer of i think it was like people in church and this is unrelated to what I'm talking about, but just about triggers and stuff, basically. It was, like, people in church, and it was a queer male who was kind of in church, and the uh, person up on the stage was preaching this really heated sermon, you know, about, you know, against homosexual people, basically, and I think... It was just showing his expressions. Uh, I think he was tearful. I can't remember exactly, but I remember seeing that, and I was just like, my friend was like, oh, this is coming out, and I was like, ooh, like, I don't really want to watch that. It's kind of like, it seems a little dark for my taste, you know? Um, and so, you know, that, and then there was some other show that I was watching that's not even supposed to be uh, too triggering, I think, what was it, it was the real, I think it was the L word, but it was in Georgia, or something like that, somewhere in the Bible Belt, I think it was in Georgia, and it was, um, it wasn't the L word show, like, the series that's, or Gen Q, or, like, not that, not that L word, but the one, the real L word, but it was not the one in LA or New York, it was, like, this other one, I think, that was in Atlanta, or something like that, Alabama, I don't know where it was, it was somewhere that is, it wasn't Los Angeles, I'll tell you that much, and, uh, you know, I watched part of the first episode, and it was basically, um, I think it was, like, this lesbian couple, queer women, two women, I think, uh, ethnically diverse couple, I think it was a Caucasian lady, an African-American lady, and they were in a relationship, and they started talking about, you know, firsthand, you know, talking about what it's like living where they live, and there's a lot of influence from church, and I was just like, oh, like, this is just not what I want to see, you know, usually when I'm, you know, consuming LGBT content, I don't really want to be thinking about experiences about church and all that kind of stuff, Uh, so I get it, and, you know, it's not even super easy for me to be talking about it, and that, that's, you know, that's why I don't talk about it all the time, but I feel like if I don't talk about it, there's a lot of people 
that, you know, there's no representation there for those people who are out in these other states or in these religions in any state and they're experiencing all this prejudice around them and, you know, me living in LA, you know, living in San Diego a little bit, living in LA, you know, I have not had that experience, you know, not like, not really like that, um, excuse me, sorry, I'm trying to, like, shield the mic from my throat clearing, I've still had this weird, uh, sinus thing going on for a while now, but yeah, um, I still try to, you know, put it out there, because I, you know, I wasn't raised in a cult, necessarily, but I was raised in a very strict religion around people who were very, very strict, and I would say I was raised raised around some other types of people that were maybe adults that had a very strict view and almost cult-like thinking, um, when it came to that religion, but I wouldn't say specifically if I could classify what I was involved in as a cult, but I think that that religion does have a a cult, like a type of a cult, um, but not the one, not the places where I was attending services and things like that, but I've definitely come across some cult-like experiences, um, but it wasn't necessarily, like, a long-term thing, but that would be, you know, why I kind of gravitate towards a little bit of this content, so every now and then I do, you know, watch, um, excuse me, (coughs) every now and then I do watch content about, you know, different religions, and, um, you know, I really do, you know, even though I've not been in a cult and, you know, that kind of thing, I do know the experience of being in a very strict religious environment. Uh, the religion I was a part of was one of the stricter types of Christian denominations, but, um, it, uh, um, it wasn't really, I don't know, I had, um, a good enough experience with it, like, I had a, um, um, I had an okay experience with it, like, and also, I lived, <coughs> in LA and San Diego but you know most of my time once I was like out more was definitely in San Diego it didn't start in in LA for the most part um I wasn't like openly doing a lot of not a whole lot of dating I wasn't like openly like um you know doing that so let me get into this topic um, so, um, when Danny's talking, you know, on the podcast, Col- Cults and Consciousness, 
Um, she talks about her experience as an LGBTQ plus person. Um, she was in this religion since childhood, and I can't remember what age. I want to say somewhere between like maybe five and eight years old, I think she joined with her mother. I think she had siblings too. Um, but she joined and um, was very interested in it. Um, and basically, not that's not the right way of saying it. Sorry, like my mind's kind of like blanking at the moment too. Um, she joined and was, you know, speaking to her experiences as a child. And then started speaking speaking to her experiences as um, she was maybe um, an older kid coming into teen years, you know, starting to notice that, you know, maybe she had an interest in women, like maybe, you know, she liked females. Um and you know um she got in trouble at a point for posting something on myspace where her and one of her female friends were kissing uh she got in trouble for um and it sounds like it was like really a really strong form of reprimanding and so what they have what she was explaining is the scientology cult um has what's called ethics and they have auditing and so ethics are basically like you know from what i gathered it's like some kind of a correction type of experience that you have to go to um when you do something wrong or or maybe you just have to go to it even if you don't get in trouble I don't really know but then you can also get audited and when you get audited it's more of a serious thing and it's a form of punishment um and you basically have to tell everything about um your self so kind of like you know they, the you know Scientology teaches you know um, that anything that's negative they teach you that you know if you're having a headache you did something to bring that on like maybe you broke a rule or didn't confess it or confess something you did or like you're holding on to some kind of guilt or like you had some kind of negative mindset like you were bringing this on to yourself so what did you do you know, even if you get sick or catch a cold or anything like that. Now, when it came to COVID, I don't know how they really dealt with that and explained all that. But um, it sounds like there are a lot of aspects that, you know, when it comes to, you know, science, actual science of like human development, sexuality, gender, mental health, uh, physical health, um, 
child development I feel like they don't teach that like a normal science would they teach it more like this kind of twisted version that meets what their religion or what their belief system teaches so all those categories that I just listed are like weird um and basically what ends up happening that she explains is that there's adult strangers that are grooming kids um and so you know if you get in trouble for something that you're not supposed to do like having thoughts that you're not supposed to have or posting something on the internet that you're not supposed to be doing you know you're gonna get in trouble you have to go to ethics um she said she went um and basically anytime you get in trouble or do something wrong or skip class or you know you're not doing what you need to do um you basically have to um go to this type of confessing thing where you're basically talking to an adult now it sounds like these people aren't like close-knit religious community like for example when I used to go to church I would have you know my parents friends my friends parents um you know those would be the adults around me you know and if there was like a brand new church person who came in I didn't maybe know that person um now we did sports league and intermingled with other churches and stuff too so sometimes I would know adults at other churches of the same denomination but then there were plenty of adults that I didn't know but I just kind of saw maybe like in passing um and kind of knew about them and then there were maybe like some that I was like I don't know who this person is and then there were other people who had like you know that would maybe be visitors people I'd never ever seen you know but once and then even if I did speak to them you know I never saw them again and so it sounds like from what Danny was explaining that people who were in charge of these kind of ethics training um you know when a kid or somebody would get in trouble for her experiences when she got in trouble or had to go report something that she had done um she basically was confronted in a room by herself uh without her mother even there because her mother was part of the church too but her mother wasn't even involved in any form of punishment or reprimanding or you know training about values or anything her mother's off working for this church and doing whatever the jobs are that they have the people doing all the time, all day, every day. Her mother was off doing that, and that was normal. Like, it sounds like the parents weren't the ones reprimanding the kids. The parents weren't the ones in charge of, you know, a punishment or something, you know. Like, the church took that role on. The religion took that role on. And so if you, now the thing I don't understand about ethics is if you, um, if it's something that happens, like, is it like a weekly thing where you have to go in and like report 
on yourself or does it only come up when you did something wrong and they call you in to that space or whatever I don't really know but either way it sounds like you know there were adults that would be in charge of this ethics training or the auditing processes and that means you're in trouble basically because you have to report any thought or feeling that you had that was negative that was against the beliefs of the church and I call it a church because they call themselves a church but they don't really have a god and they don't really I mean usually I think when people say church you usually assume there's Jesus involved like usually you know I think that term is pretty much what people would associate the word church with as well as like say if you say synagogue people associate that term with judaism right if we say mosque people associate that with islam like you don't really tend to have a lot of words like that that you use just interchangeably um even though i know the word church doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have you know jesus in it but usually when you hear that term that's kind of what people would assume is that it's a christian a christian thing scientology has zero to do with christianity doesn't have anything to do with the bible um it was written yeah l ron hubbard the science fiction writer wrote it uh wrote made the religion basically he made it um himself um and this is modern like modern day time uh, modern day times um this isn't like old like some of these religions from like the 1800s and stuff it's not from back then um it's 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 newer and so <clears throat> basically what happens is you know her experience you know save for the experience that she mentioned about being on myspace you know kissing her female friend posting the picture she said she got in really big trouble for that and has to go into this ethics counseling or auditing or whatever it's called and talking to this adult stranger so she mentions that adults adult strangers are the ones grooming kids it's not like a normal kind of uh religious congregation where you would have like a community of people that you usually like if you were going there since you were a kid you technically would have been knowing a lot of the people it sounds like the people who were reprimanding her were not her parents were not people that she knew now i i experienced you know at church you know different different people that you know, if I stepped out of line and my folks weren't right there, they would have been like, hey, don't say that or don't curse or like whatever. Like they would have told me what to not do. Uh, they would have explained that to me. And um, they said that, you know, um, you know, adult adult strangers were grooming kids on things like sexuality they were reprimanding them 
And I think it's important to pay attention to any kind of belief system where they're instilling fear, guilt, or shame. Those are three things that I think, you know, if they have to go to that route of instilling those types of things into people, I would usually say, you know, be careful, you know, because it's like, that means they're trying to control, you know, why else would they want to make you fearful, fearful of hell or fearful of punishment or fearful of exposure or shame for what you did or guilt, you know, they do that as a means to control people of their congregation from not doing what the what the religion says to not do because they want everyone to do what they say everyone has to do what they say um another thing that she mentioned was you know the experience of not being exposed to others as society um others that were not Scientologists like for the longest time and she explains you know she lived in this building she lived on site and there were multiple people living on site now some other person explained you know that where they lived I think it was in Florida and they had like apartments that were two or three bed bedroom apartments and they said that in each of these apartments there were maybe like three beds in each room so that means there would be like nine to twelve people you know because there would maybe be like two people in the living room as well so there'd be like nine to twelve people staying in a house you know it's not like it's your family lives in this unit it's like everybody's stuck and crammed into this unit that's a lot of people and she I think she didn't really touch on this in detail but another person did in another podcast episode that kind of shed more light on the living experience where it seemed like they lived off uh they lived on campus in those kind of dorm style rooms and and then when he got this was a male when he got to be 13 years old or so they moved him off to another place he moved over to um uh they moved him over to you know a place where it was all like teens of teens about his age range all living together um and one thing danny mentioned she mentioned that you know people would inform on you and so she mentioned being at this you know theater like maybe like behind the theater in La Cañada and smoking cigarettes or something like that and people could see you from the church with your friends people from this religion could see you go and inform on you and then you get called into ethics and you might not even know why you're getting called in it seems like or you might not even know what you did or you might not um know who it is that called you that informed on you and you're not talking to your mother about this this isn't something that your mother's reprimanding you for smoking cigarettes you're back at ethics and you're in trouble 
for something that you did um uh and another stranger is reprimanding you like it's like these aren't the same people every time so it's like you don't really have a close connection with the people who are in charge of your punishment it's like a random person and when I think about that because what it sounds like to me what it sounded like is there was a potential for abuse you know a big potential for kids to be exposed to abuse all kinds of people to be exposed to abuse because you know I mean think about it like people have different ideas about punishment right like I was raised in a certain way with punishment that I wouldn't raise my kids specifically like that not all of the versions of punishment I ever experienced some of them I was like you know I kind of get it and then others I was like yeah that's really not you know okay you know I don't think that's okay um and I can't imagine just leaving a child with somebody assuming that they're gonna you know uphold the values that I personally have as far as like how I want to train up my own children and to trust some stranger at that in a room alone with your kid to trust them to you know uh punish your kid the way that you would do it and it sounds like you know somebody had her kind of up against the wall just like yelling in her face screaming at her um I don't think this was about the cigarettes I think this was about you know the myspace post where she was kissing her female friend and um you know somebody yelling in your face about that when you're a kid and like your parents don't even you know like you're living with all these other people you know like you have like no privacy like basically i'm pretty sure everybody knows I think she even mentioned, you know, going to a, was it a doctor? I think it was a doctor of some form. And, you know, doctors are supposed to be confidential. And that doctor talked to her and told her private health information, whatever that was, told it to the mother. I don't know what the discussion was, but it's like... You know when you go in to get a physical or whatever and especially when you're like a teen you know they usually give you space you know to talk to the doctor alone like they usually are like okay like we're gonna ask you some questions is it okay if your parents still in the room and they usually ask you multiple times and you can say you know I don't want my parent to be in here and they usually you know I remember when I was younger my um when I would get physicals my mom would always go and try to be in the room with me um and I do remember when I got to be a certain age when they started asking those questions but I wasn't doing anything at the age where they were asking me that anyways but I can't imagine you know if I had been like okay like I don't want my parent in here and then talking to a doctor and then they happen to be the same religion as me and then going back and telling my parent what I said in that confidential doctor session um I mean that's definitely not okay and 
I don't know, but maybe the Scientology religion protects those people. Um, protects doctors and stuff who are breaking the rules. I don't really know. Um, so yeah, she mentioned that she didn't start making friends outside of her Scientology people um, until a certain older age where when she started asking people about it or talking to people about it she noticed that she was um uh when she started talking to people about it she noticed that she was um uh what would I call it um that she was you know saying things that were kind of like odd you know I think she mentioned something about like other people being informants like asking other teens like aren't you guys afraid that like someone's going to inform on you if you're doing all these you know, things that teens kind of might get into, you know, different kind of curiosities and experimenting about things and, like, you know, exploring different things and, you know, some of it can be trouble, some of it can be mischief, some of it's just like, ah, maybe, maybe people taught you not to do that, but it's not really, like, a terrible thing, you know, you just decided to do something else. Like, for example, I grew up with a lot of people whose parents you know, for religious and spiritual reasons, didn't eat meat. But sometimes, you know, when they were at school, they would, like, taste, you know, some other kids' lunches and, like, a turkey sandwich or, like, I think back then when I was younger, there used to be this thing called, like, a gobble a gobble stick or something like that. It was, like, a, a turkey sausage or, like, a turkey stick. It was something like a Slim Jim, but it was... It wasn't like a sausage, it was like a meat stick, basically, I don't know, like almost like a hot dog, <laughs> but it was like thinner and smaller and like a little snack. And I remember my pastor's um, daughter, my one of my pastor's daughters, he had three daughters, and we used to carpool with them, and they mentioned to one of their parents, oh yeah, I tasted one of my friend's gobble sticks, you know, for lunch. And I thought, I was like, wow, they're going to be in so much trouble, and like, no, they weren't in trouble at all. Uh, they were just like, oh, like, the parents were like, oh, okay. Like, so, I had grown up thinking, oh, these people don't eat meat because they think it's bad and wrong. Where there were some people I knew who did believe it was bad and wrong, so they didn't do it. And then other people, like, even the pastor's family, like, they didn't really eat meat or anything like that. But they didn't believe it was bad or wrong. So, like, if, with like, you know, in the religion I grew up in, we didn't have informants and stuff like that, but I mean, like, um, that would have been an example of something that somebody could have told on you to, that you were doing, you know, doing something that the tradition says don't do. And she was kind of asking someone about, you know, aren't you guys, like, afraid that people are gonna, like, say something or whatever? you're gonna get in big trouble and they were just like no like they'd look at her and be just like no like I'm not even like afraid like it's not like a big deal you know and she you know it's not just that her parents could find out it could be anybody 
could be anybody. And it's not like Scientology doesn't have people in it. Like, it seems like there are a lot of people in that religion. And so, you know, if you're a teen and you're just hanging out around town, you know, and you're probably hanging out outside in places because you don't have your own money. So you're probably just chilling all around, you know, in different neighborhoods, but not too far away because you don't have transportation. You're probably close enough to that uh, religious residential area because people live there so I'm thinking she probably didn't get too far away for people to not be able to see her um and so yeah that's kind of what it seemed like when they were living on site when they were you know she talks about studying on site um some people say they study from like 8 a.m to like 9 or 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. something like that and it's like that's all day long like they kind of had to go to these classes all the time and I think the reason why they have like the classes and the living together and stuff and it's not like you're living together privately with your own family you're living together with multiple people multiple families probably even um, it sounds like it was almost like one family per bedroom or something. Like, I don't really know. Like, that sounds excessive. But it's like you don't have any space when you're in your room. You don't have any space in the living room of the house. And then when you leave the housing area, you're on the religious property. And so you don't have any, you know, you're either in classes with a bunch of people that are your age and stuff. Or you're, you know, working once you start to work and you're with people and usually you're either working or studying all day and you're supposed to be there all day every day like that and so if you're just like missing and go somewhere else like people are going to know that you're not there because you know you're supposed to be busy doing something specific and if you're not busy doing something specific you're sleeping and if you're sleeping you're in a room that has a whole bunch of people and so you're never really like alone enough to really do too much unless you really start breaking the rules then you're going to be alone and then someone's probably going to find out um so she explains about studying on site that they would study a lot um and i guess initially it felt like you know it, it was like an experience of feeling like oh i'm actually learning a lot you know and then not actually learning, you know, not actually wanting to be there, um, you know, because it's excessive. I mean, like, even if you studied eight to five every day with no weekends, that's still a lot. And to push to like 9 p.m., I mean, that's like really long. It's like you don't even have time to do anything else. Um, and you're studying on site and you live on site. Like, I don't think everybody has to live on site, but she lived on site. And it sounds like a lot of people lived on these sites. Um, she talked about working on site. Like, you're not getting even minimum wage. The other guy in another video talked about, you know, as a teen or an adult, you're maybe making $20, $30 a week. And you're working from, like, he said sometimes, like, 8 in the morning to, like, 11 at night or 10 o'clock at night. Like, you're working all day, you know? You barely just have enough time to sleep. And that's all. Um, 
So you don't really have access to income. You don't really have a work history. You don't really have a lot of connections outside of your religion. Uh, You don't really have savings. You know, a lot of the stuff that these people have to do, like the ethics and the auditing and like the classes and everything, all this stuff costs money, like a lot of money. And so her mom was paying a lot of money for her to go do all these things. Um, and I don't know what services they were working as. I don't know what they do for work. Um, but yeah, I'm still learning about it, but it's just like, wow. Like I just, you know, I was pretty, you know, shocked to hear about the LGBT culture, um, inside of Scientology about how they treat people. Um, you know, I've never heard of anything like that before, you know, where they, where it's like your parents aren't even the ones who are talking to you about it, you know, like, um, I mean, I don't really know, um, what they do about sex ed and stuff like that, like, I mean, they're learning all the time, so I don't know if they're, like, what they're learning about, you know, um, but I'm pretty sure it's material that's been screened specifically for whatever the religion would say is appropriate. They're probably not just learning anything. They probably don't just give them a laptop and like, here, just learn. Like, they're probably given specific... It sounds like they have specific courses. I don't really know. It's a little bit confusing to me because I really don't know um, exactly what it is. Um... So, yeah. Um. So. I think that's most of what I wanted to talk about with this topic. Um. With Danny's story. Um. I did go through another story that I don't really know if I'm going to post about it or not. Maybe I will. Um. It was a different Mormon story. Um, of an LGBT couple, um, but I don't know, we'll see, um, but yeah.